And there are so many things we can do to level up different areas. But one is one thing we can do to address foundational health in an impactful way, whether you're a baby putting it in your infant formula, or you're old and on 17 other drugs, you know, what is a safe, accessible thing for around a dollar a day anybody can do? Colostrum is something you can incorporate. Hi, I'm Zoe. Hi, I'm Erica. Hey, Erica. This is our podcast. Well, what do we do on the podcast? Uh, we talk to wellness experts. Well, what do we talk about? Mm, wellness stuff. And why are we doing this? Because we want to have an inclusive conversation about things that you can actually use and apply to your life. Right. We don't think that wellness should feel preachy. We think it should feel like everybody can participate. That's right. So if you like what you hear, tell a friend. Give us five stars. They're all free. All of the above. All of the above. And think of us as your navigators on the bumpy highway to well. Hey guys, and welcome back to Highway to Well. We are so excited to share this episode with you. I know we say it all the time, but I do feel like the information is kind of going to blow your mind. We're actually talking about colostrum and we had a fascinating chat with Dr. Sarah Rahal, who is a double board certified pediatric neurologist who actually moved on from her practice to create this incredible brand, which is called Armra. And it's all around delivering colostrum into your daily regimen. It's just a flavorless packet of powder. So nothing, you know, nothing breast milky about it. But it's something that I certainly did not have a ton of awareness about. Zoe was aware. She's had children. She is well-versed on what all of this stuff is about. But it really is this absolutely incredible compound. Dr. Rahal herself had some really kind of crazy gut issues that led her down the rabbit hole to understanding what the benefits of something like this can deliver. And it is one of those um, sort of, it sounds like it's magic. No, not like fun- not unlike functional mushrooms. It sounds like it's magic, but it's not. It really does actually help to repair and heal your gut from a cellular level. It really can kind of help to regenerate the entire inner mucosal lining of your system, which is basically your first defense against any type of outside invasive you know, energies, whatever you want to call it. Um, So this is a fascinating, fascinating conversation. Uh, We do have a code, HTW15. If you want to check out the product, you go to tryarmra, and that's A-R-M-R-A.com and check it out for yourself. Thanks again for listening and enjoy. Hey guys. So you may have figured out by now that Zoe and I are huge fans of functional mushrooms. And that's because their benefits are legit from increasing focus and concentration to helping you sleep and probably most importantly, providing incredible support for your immune system. And yes, that is actual science. You can check it out on our blog at earthandstar.com. But who doesn't need a little bit of extra immune support right now if we're being honest? But anyway, the most important thing for you to know actually is that you have to have these fabulous fungi in your system every day in order to reap the benefits. So Earth and Star, our new brand, is making it as easy as possible for you to get the amazing benefits of functional mushrooms every day. Like if you've got a serious cold brew habit, there's a can for that. If you love your afternoon matcha latte, then we've got you covered there. And if you're not like G-Love and you're not feeling the cold beverages, then how about a totally delicious dark chocolate bar that also helps you increase focus and concentration while satisfying your sweet tooth? And it pairs super well with red wine. 
So we at Earth and Star have created as many ways as possible to help you elevate your everyday routine because we are not asking you to add another pill or a powder to your very busy schedule of supplements. We just want it to be as easy and absolutely delicious as possible for you to get some mush love into your life. So check us out at earthandstar.com and get 15% off your first order with the code HTW. But officially welcome Dr. Sarah Rahal. Did I have that right? Correct. Okay. Um, A board certified neuroscientist and the founder of Armra. Correct. Did I get that right too? Okay, cool. (laughs) Welcome. I I was like, I think I've been pronouncing it wrong in my head, but yeah. Armra. Armra. Yeah. It's uh, kind of a play on armor. Um, I think of it very much like an inside suit of armor. Um, nice. And it's also a palindrome. Well, oh, it is a palindrome. That's cool. I like a palindrome. Um, <laughs> oh, my ears just perked up. <laughs> I like nerdy wordplay. Um, yeah. Let's hear everything about what it is and how you got there. I know you have a really interesting backstory and and your journey to discovering this and creating it, especially coming from a medical background, I think it's kind of fascinating. So can you share a little bit about your your story? Sure. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you ladies. So the kind of the origin story is I come from the clinical medicine world. I'm a pediatric neurologist. I trained here in New York and had a subspecialty training in um, pediatric headache and chronic pain, but also a very holistic framework. I did functional medicine training, also trained in environmental health, um, even did acupuncture training. Um, So I brought a very comprehensive approach to my practice. And I was treating kids with really intractable chronic pain issues and had a very, very busy practice on the Upper East Side here practicing out of Mount Sinai. I had a months-long waiting list. I was the only pediatric headache specialist in the region and really was struck by what I was seeing in my practice, which was mirroring what I read in the literature, which is that today we're seeing a boom of chronic disease in young kids. 54% of children have a chronic disease diagnosis, 54%. Oh my God. And in the 1960s, it was 1.6. Okay. So we went from 1.6 in the 60s to what's it now again? 54. So, you know, our genes didn't suddenly mutate in two generations. These are all health issues that are being driven by the modern environment. Is it also a matter of, um, sorry, I'm going to cut you off, but is it also a matter of, you know, just this classic sort of argument? that we just didn't have names for these things back then, or we didn't, you know, I think a lot of people talk about autism in that way, where it's like, is it really gone up or have we just been able to identify them now? No, the, the, and there's, there are studies that dive into this. The, the prevalence has actually increased. And you see it not just in neurodevelopmental conditions like autism or, you know, other diseases on the spectrum. You see it in things like obesity, asthma, chronic yeah. allergies and eczema. These are all underlying immune dysfunction driven by um, inflammation and, 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 and chronic, um, uh, chronic health um, you know, consequences um, that are really taking hold at earlier and earlier ages. Um, what I was seeing was headache, headache and daily intractable headaches in kids three, four, five, six years old. Mm-hmm. These things are not normal. And... I was 
attempting to approach my practice with this framework that I had, which, which was, you know, an attempt to unearth what the underlying root cause was. Doing a deep dive into these children's genetic underpinnings and all the epigenetic environmental factors that were feeding into it. Their nutrition, their lifestyle habits, their family dynamics, what kinds of things they were in contact and exposure with in their living and school circumstances. These things require a lot of time and dedication and are not a fit for the Western model of medicine. Western model of medicine sees symptoms as things to be suppressed and combated and put a Band-Aid on. And a true approach to health requires a, a frame shift. It requires viewing symptoms as a sign coming from the body, a message coming from the body that something is wrong. It's an invitation to do an exploration and figure out what the root of the issue is. And I was getting into arguments on a regular basis with my department because I wanted to spend all this time doing this work. And this is just not a fit for the model. So I left clinical practice because I couldn't serve patients the way that I thought was best. And I knew there was a better way. Um, and at the same time, I started struggling with my own very severe gut issues that I was turning to my, you know, smartest colleagues in gastroenterology for. Um, and they too were offering me band-aids. What kind of symptoms were you experiencing? And like, how long did it take you to identify that it was a gut issue? Because sometimes they present so differently and unexpectedly. Yeah, well, mine ended up being um, quite a severe issue that actually tied back to um, childhood and low-grade symptoms that I never paid attention to and and every doctor kind of dismissed. Um, But I have a connective tissue issue. I have a very, uh, very flexible joints and makes me great at yoga, but not so good for the gut, which is supposed to be really tight and held up in this infrastructure. So I actually had a complete collapse of my, of my colon and I had to have uh, most oh of it God. removed. Um, but had it been discovered earlier, um, it wouldn't have progressed to be as severe as it was. Um, but this, all of this information came later. I, I of course, left um, because I was searching for a solution for myself and also trying to search for a solution for my patients. And the question I left my practice with was, what tool could I build that could be a powerful way to address foundational health, a simple, accessible tool that could meaningfully improve the health of anybody who took it and could serve more people than I ever could seeing them one-on-one in an office? And so I thought I was leaving to make a better infant formula because nowadays, 80% of kids get infant formula at some point in their development. And if you read the label on any of these formulas, they're all the same. And they're, you know, spearheaded by ingredients like maltodextrin and corn syrup solids. Mm -hmm. They're chemical brews. Um, and, And so I was researching at the time a substance called colostrum, which is the first milk that all mammals produce. And they make it for like 48 to 72 hours after delivery. Most moms are probably familiar with it. Looks kind of different from milk. It's really thick and goopy and almost yellow. They call it liquid gold. (laughs) And even your conventional doctors will tell you, this stuff's really important. Make sure the baby gets this stuff. Because it's chock full of all of these really unique 
compounds. Peptides, fats, fibers, antibodies, growth factors, bioactive molecules that can't be found in any other source. And they're specifically honed to be a blueprint for the developing body and inform optimal immune system development, but also organ system development in an infant. And what I was struck by is I was doing this research and I wasn't just coming across research saying this is so beneficial for infants, but there were over 5,000 research publications on colostrum showing that it had benefits at all ages. Hmm. It's been used medicinally in Ayurvedic medicine for thousands of years from cows, dairy colostrum. We used it to treat antibiotics before we had, we used it to treat infections before we had antibiotics. Hmm. And there are even two recent studies showing it's three times more effective than the flu vaccine at preventing flu in elderly patients. Wow. And they said, well, this is really interesting. How is this product for babies helping at all of these other ages? What, 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 is, the, what is the secret sauce here um, in, in the way that it's conferring benefits? And what I came to learn is that one of the ways that colostrum works most synergistically in the body is it addresses a very, very foundational pathway for us. It seals up what are called the immune barriers. So what that means is just like we have skin as a physical barrier on the outside of the body, separates us from the outside world, that barrier, we have the same thing that lines the inside. Mm-hmm. And we're all kind of talking about it because we're, we're paying attention to like gut, the gut and microbiome. But this barrier doesn't just live in the gut. This barrier is the entire inside lining. It's your eyes, your nose, your sinuses, your mouth, your lungs, your gut, your urinary reproductive tract. It's like skin on the inside. It's that interface and barrier between everything you inhale and ingest from the environment and your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And the modern world that we live in today, which has changed very rapidly over the past few decades, is one in which we have unprecedented pollutants in our air, pesticides in our agriculture, ultra-processed ingredients, you know, masquerading as food. We have all of these chemicals. They're completely untested and unregulated in our bath, body, home care, even toy products. I was just reading about uh, forever chemicals and yoga pants. I was like, oh, geez, now I'm going to die for my yoga pants. This is awesome. (laughs) And so we live in this world and all these modern exposures that I'm talking about, the thing they have in common is the first pathway they hit in the body. And the most damaging thing that they do is they hit this immune barrier or this mucosal barrier and they break it down. They damage it and they make it more permeable than it's supposed to be. And that allows things from the environment that shouldn't get into the body to get inside, to trigger the immune system inappropriately and drive inflammation. And inflammation is what underpins almost every single modern chronic disease that we see. And it's the big scary things like autoimmune conditions, MS, Crohn's, even neurodegenerative conditions. But it's also the low-grade inflammation that drives the day-to-day health issues everybody you know has. Mm -hmm. Bloating, mental fog, fatigue, sleep problems, 
it's kind of the, the root issue of the modern environment's impact on all of us. The interesting thing is just like we live in this world where the barriers are being damaged on a daily basis by all these things that are coming into contact with our bodies. When babies are born, they also have a problem with the barrier because it's immature. <laughs> and colostrum evolved in mammals 300 million years ago, specifically to be the first food that goes into an infant's body and seal up the barrier like glue to protect them after birth. And it turns out it does the same exact thing if you take it when you're two years old or 20 years old or 90 years old. So it's like this ancient, true superfood mm -hmm. that is uniquely fit for purpose for the modern world that we're living in today. It's fascinating and unbelievable that like mm -hmm. you arrived at this as a doctor and had to ask the question, like, why is no one else talking about this? And you arrived at it because of your own journey, not even necessarily because you were out to solve someone else's issue. So, yeah. I mean, it's these types of conversations where we're like, how do more people not know about this? Why are we not talking about this? Yes. And, and that's the thing. I mean, the, the, the product saved my life. It, it, it saved my life uh, when I was very, very sick. But I looked at the market. I said, this is amazing. I said, this is amazing stuff. This is natural and safe. It's been around forever. We have all this data on it. Why is nobody talking about it? Mm -hmm. We're all talking about um, all of these other ingredients and collagen and mushrooms and greens powders and all these things that are helpful and effective, but they don't have near the longevity of use and data around them that this product does, mm -hmm. that this ingredient does. And when I looked at the market, I saw, you can find it, but it's really tough. Yeah. You can find it in very niche kind of integrative medicine circles, little woo-woo sometimes. Almost looks like a pharmaceutical product, kind of confusing how it, how it works and, and what you can use it for. Or the bodybuilders are using it. And they've been using it for a long time because those growth factors and peptides are really, really powerful at putting on lean muscle and accelerating tissue re recovery and repair. Yeah. So the typical kind of early adopters, folks in the know, are already onto this. But there is just a massive white space for the for a, the regular consumer to be introduced to a product like this. And so what I did is, you know, I said, how can we do this in the most um, in the most beneficial way possible and in the, mo in the most high integrity way possible. So we w went back to, to square one. It would have been very easy to just sell what's, you know, the ingredient that currently exists. There's a few problems with that. So cow classroom is for cows and we're not cows. Okay. And one of the issues and that we see time and time again nowadays is so many people have intolerance to dairy. Mm -hmm. Now, does that make any sense evolutionarily? Surely not. Dairy is a naturally occurring food. It's supposed to be a food for infants. It's supposed to be the most nourishing thing we put into our bodies. Why is everybody having problems with dairy nowadays? And it comes down to the processing. Because the way that all of these beneficial compounds work in the body is kind of like a lock and key mechanism. A bioactive molecule or a peptide has a specific shape. It fits a specific receptor in the body and then can trigger a physiologic cascade that confers the benefit. 
Now, anytime you expose a living bioactive molecule to high temperatures and heat, traditional pasteurization and sterilization, it changes shape. Mm -hmm. And now when it goes into the body, it doesn't confer the benefit. And not only that, the body doesn't recognize it as a food and it triggers low-grade inflammation in the body. And that's why you have issues like bloating, digestive discomfort, and also skin issues in many people who have dairy or, or flares of, of autoimmune conditions. Dairy in and of itself, the raw product is very health-promoting, but a conventional dairy product is, is, is a mutated version of its former self and is actually an inflammatory product, not an anti-inflammatory product. So what we did is we went back to the source. We sourced all of our colostrum from grass-fed cows on family-owned farms here in the U.S. using only overflow colostrum. So moms make way more than the calves can consume. The excess is considered a waste product in the industry. They're not allowed to sell it to milk. We upcycle it. And then we developed a proprietary low heat extraction technology that allows us to do the pasteurization and manufacturing without the use of high temperatures. So Armour Colostrum mimics raw milk, it mimics a raw product. And that's why it can confer such potent benefits um, as opposed to some other products. And we did a tranche of research in September showing that the Armour of Colostrum is confers 32% stronger antibacterial immune protection than standard colostrum on the market. And that's because of our manufacturing technology. We also remove a lot of the compounds that are specific for cows. So it's the most potent product available. It's only a one gram serving, half a teaspoon of those pure bioactive molecules that confer benefit. And so you can start with the highest quality ingredients. And you think about this across the food industry, the highest quality ingredients. But if during the preparation process, you adulterate the integrity of that product, yeah. you end up uh, at the end of the day, just unraveling all the, all the goodness that you're trying to confer. Yeah. You're kind of like, you're totally speaking my language. And thank you. That was such a good explanation of... Um, how you change the like molecular structure of something, obviously when you get just like, it doesn't fit anymore. And this is sort of like yeah. the, yeah, like, you know, way back in the day, I was a raw foodist. And this is actually when I started taking Clostrum discovered it for myself, although I've been pronouncing it Clostrum for 20 years. So, <laughs> um, and so, uh, but yeah, I, um, I remember being at this like raw food Institute in Puerto Rico and getting into heated debate. I actually had this book. Um, I forgot what it was called, but it was a book just on classroom <laughs> and getting into this like heated debate with the director of um, the, the uh, Anne Wigmore Institute, which was a raw food Institute in Puerto Rico, which I, you know, I was doing some stuff there. And, um, and his whole argument was that, you know, if you're a raw foodist, you're vegan, right? So there's just zero animal product. Um, you know, his his main issue with it was that, you know, it was it was vegan. He also had just zero knowledge of it or it wasn't vegan um, and that it was most likely heated, right? So treated, which who knows, at the time maybe it was and I didn't understand. I was taking it in a capsule form. Um, but I have to say it was, um, it, I mean, I, I was in a very specific world, but it was such a controversial thing. And I think it was because this idea of like, Hey, it's from animal, you know, it's an animal product and it's like mother's first milk. Like, you know, it's just like, it's the same argument. I think that a lot of people have for milk in general, right. Which 
I think you just um, kind of unraveled really beautifully was that, you know, well, if, if you're if you're not a baby cow, you shouldn't be drinking baby cow milk. Um, and therefore, it's like an extension of that idea. But um, I think how you just put that makes a ton of sense. I mean, at the same time, it's like, yeah, the dairy allergy is not um, has not been around. Like if you go to, so my dad's, from yeah. Greece, here's another example, right? Like my cousins have like a goat in the backyard. They literally go out there, they milk the goat and they strain it. And they're like, nobody there is intolerant to, um, to dairy. They're drinking, yes, they're eating and, and even people who have dairy intolerance symptoms often do just fine. If you give them raw dairy, if you yeah. get raw dairy from the farm and then that's the, the only kind of, um, dairy I consume is, is raw, um, it's actually anti, it's actually anti-inflammatory. And likewise, I have many customers who can't tolerate dairy, but they do just fine with the product. It's really, it really comes down to the integrity of the, of the ingredients. Yeah. It's not that, it's not that straightforward. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of educating that you have to do, right? I mean, it's just, it's such a, um, I mean, we actually have a similar issue with, you know, so we're doing functional mushrooms now and yeah, we just, yeah. it's such an easy, low hanging fruit thing to consume. It's like, this is going to improve your overall health, like period, end of story, right? But the, the problem is similar to colostrum, colostrum is that there are so many different benefits, right? I mean, it kind of, once you start listing them out, it sounds like you're kind of like, how can that even be possible? Yes. It just sounds magical to the point that it almost does a disservice to the product because people just can't even fathom that something yep. can can have that like that many properties and address that many different you know areas of health right so well i think we're could because we're so used to the the western model of medicine which is reductionist you get, you have a different specialist for every part of your body and instead of a, a true appreciation of just the 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 magic of this orchestrated organism and how everything crosstalks and communicates with one another. And if you can appreciate that when you address a foundational pathway in the body and you allow, you know, the body has a powerful ability to heal itself if you equip it with the nutrients to do so. You just have to get those guardrails back up and let it function the way it's evolutionarily been designed to function. The problem is it's just mismatched for the modern environment. We're like maladapted for, for the modern living conditions. But if you can address the foundational pathway, you have all of these knock-on health benefits. You know, Once you control things like inflammation yeah. and bring that down, you have benefits for your digestive system, your immune system, your mental clarity, your focus, your energy, your weight and metabolism, your hormone health. All of these things just stem from foundationally intact um, and healthy infrastructure in the body, but it's not it's not intuitive that these things are all connected. So, when and why did we start talking about? It's just funny. It's this whole subject of inflammation is now being the root cause of every single thing, right? Like, when did this conversation start? Like, when did we identify inflammation as a a thing to point every finger at? It feels recent, like we weren't talking about feel, inflammation. No, I agree. It feels like it's like in the last 10 years when we yeah. first really started like, you know, we started explaining and understanding the connection between, you know, food as medicine and, and overall health in a, in a more sort of generalized way. And 
I, I don't know. It's like a combination. It feels like there's been an advent in, I mean, you know better, obviously, Dr. Sarah, but like an advent in allergies and an advent among food intolerances in young children. And it feels like, yeah, it, it feels like it's been very recent, but it's also one of those things that it seems like it's, it, it feels like it's hard to put your finger on and somebody who is a skeptic is going to be like, ugh, you know, whatever, I've got inflammation. We've all got inflammation. Like, let's move on. Um, I mean, in the same way that, you know, you're talking about how there's so many things that people don't realize are all interconnected. Like, why yeah. are we? Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a good question. And I, I think a couple of things. Well, you know, number one, inflammation is, is actually a good thing. It's, it's evolutionarily our body's way of addressing an acute thing that went wrong, right? It's a way to recruit help, get those cells, get the, get the immune cells and the, the blood flow and the, the cytokines and all of the, um, uh, the army that's required for healing to, to recruit them and get them to go to work to address something that has gone wrong in the body. So inflammation short-term is a, a necessary survival mechanism for all of us. Inflammation is a good thing. The problem is the off switch isn't there anymore because we have, you know, as, as I mentioned, the, the mucosal barrier, if the gates are down, you know, the enemies just keep coming in and the, the, the immune system has no way to shut itself off. It's just running in overdrive all the time. And it's this, this, this disequilibrated state of inflammation that's the problem that that it's going on and on without an offset without an off switch um that that is so problematic and i think it's masqueraded under different names for a while like allergies you know and and autoimmune conditions these things are inflammation we just don't talk about them in the in the in the language of inflammation, we say someone has an allergy or someone has an autoimmune condition. And so they've, they've, um, the inflammation narrative has been able to kind of hide under semantics, I think with different labels and different diseases. Again, this is this piecemeal, we're kind of reductionist view of things, but, but really what it ties down to is these are just different manifestations and different degrees of severity for inappropriate immune activation. And that's what inflammation is. Yeah. And when it's chronic, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's hard to recognize it because you don't, I mean, just like anything else, you don't know how bad you've been feeling until you have something to compare it against, which in that case would be feeling really well. And if you never have an opportunity to feel really good, you'll never, you don't realize how shitty you've been feeling like every day. Um, and you don't recognize that as chronic, upset or inflammation or not being hundred percent, you just kind of now that's like the new normal. That's your new it's normal. So it's so true. And I, and I'm sure you've had this experience or spoken with, with folks who who've had this experience of like finally getting into a state of feeling healthy and well, and just how your relationship with your body changes. You're able to start noticing things all of a sudden, if you're in this constant state of inflammation, you don't know what foods are tri- what are triggering you or um, what kind of environmental triggers are problematic for you. You're just kind of in this state of unwell all the time. And all of a sudden, you know, th- that stuff settles down and you notice, you start to notice how your body reacts to different circumstances and situations. And so 
um, it's you, you just have a, a newfound awareness, appreciation, and relationship with your body's presence in the world and how it's interacting with all of these uh, variables. But yeah. how do you... I mean, because that makes total sense to me on an intuitive level. That makes total sense to me. It it makes sense to Zoe. It makes sense to all of us that are in this conversation, right? But I feel like the big challenge is addressing the skeptics and addressing the people who, I mean, to Zoe's point, like you get so used to feeling bad that you don't understand how good you can feel. And, you know, we've all heard that before, but like really what are, like, I know there are people that I love dearly who love and trust me who would listen to this and be like, oh, that's not for me. And the reality is it totally is for them. Like, what is that simple checklist that you should do on yourself that takes five minutes to kind of check in and see, like, is it possible that you might be experiencing inflammation even though you think you feel okay? Like, what are like the main things that we should look for that everybody needs to be aware of? Because I feel like this gets missed time and again. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, so, so often, uh, we fall into this kind of myopic trap, this trap of being really myopic about health, which is largely, you know, how the mainstream has traditionally talked about health. It's freedom from disease. And that's just such a low bar. It's just, it's just not, that is not health. Um, health is vibrancy, and um, being able to live your potential and show up as the best version of yourself in all the versions of yourself that are needed in life. And so how are you eating? What is your reaction to food after meals? How are you sleeping at night? How long does it take you to fall asleep when your head hits the pillow? Do you wake up feeling refreshed and with energy in the morning? Does your body naturally wake up in the morning? to a circadian rhythm with the sun with the sun what is your um, what is your energy level throughout the day are you are you hitting slumps a few hours after eating and you mm-hmm. in, in the afternoon you're 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 requiring some kind of a pick me up these are subtle signs uh, that are have been have been normalized but they're they're subtle things that are Again, clues from your body um, that something may be off and worth investigating. Yeah. So the answer is everyone has inflammation. To some exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like life is uh, inflammatory. Life causes it, it inflammation. Is. Well, we do the best we can with stuff in our control, right? You eat organic, you do the air filtering, you buy the clean label stuff. But I mean, the things that we're in contact with are just outside of our control. And and that's why I think, you know, I come back to my, my, my mission and why I left my stable job in the first place, which is what is, what is one accessible, easy tool mm-hmm. that anybody can purpose for themselves and meaningfully improve the founda- their foundational health? But there are so many decisions we have to make throughout the day. And there are so many things we can do to level up different areas. But one is one thing we can do to address foundational health in an impactful way, whether you're a baby putting it in your infant formula or you're old and on 17 other drugs, you know, what is a safe, accessible thing for around a dollar a day anybody can do? Colostrum is something you can incorporate. Yes. And it's such a challenge. You know, I mean, it's so easy. It's again, just going back to your earlier point, I think another challenge here is that 
we as Americans, um, not just Americans, but you know, we want something that is a quick fix that we're going to feel immediately. And this is not one of those things. Um, you know, it's not like you're going to. Uh, this is sort of like a long-term strategy, am I right? I mean, you're supposed For to be. For some people, it is. Like and, an you know, do like you be the, I have, I have, I have users. I have, I have users specifically around use cases of um, either digestive issues um, related to like a inflammatory bowel disorder or IBS, or allergy customers who notice changes sometimes within within one or two days. I'm just going to go chug like a gallon right now. I know. <laughs> like, we're, we're all jealous. We're all very jealous of that because it's not typical. But it, but it, but it, it varies from person to person, and and sometimes the change can be quite rapid. But that mucosal barrier regenerates every two and a half weeks. You have an entirely new lining on the inside of your body every two weeks. Whoa! Um, I didn't know that. Yes. So it that requires is- constant support, but also it means you can intervene at any time. And that regenerative process is the most highly regenerative part of your body is your mucosal barrier. Huh. You can have regeneration there that is that is impacting benefit you notice relatively quickly some, it, sometimes. It depends on the particular person and the particular issue that's that's flaring. Um, so six, you know, definitely four to six weeks to really get the most um, bang for your buck and, and appreciate the full effects. But sometimes you can notice things sooner. Yeah, that's amazing. So can you just describe really quickly um, like what the actual product is? Because we've talked a lot about the concept and the brand, but the actual product and how you use it. Sure. So the so Armor Colostrum is a powder. And it is our it is it is available in two flavors right now. Um, but the 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 hero, the regular product is just the pure armor colostrum. It is pretty much no flavor. You can add it to anything as long as it isn't hot for the same reason we talked about with heat. So you can incorporate it into a smoothie or water or cold brew or you know your yogurt bowl, whatever it is, it's part of your daily routine. It's really easy to incorporate because it's only a half a teaspoon. It's yeah. very easy. We also have a blood orange flavored version, which is a really natural blood orange flavor. It's, it's not offensive at all. It's actually because delightful. I've, I've started using it recently. I used to just be a purist uh, and use the unflavored version, but but the blood orange I started using recently. And you mentioned, Zoe, that in the past you've taken Clostrum as a, as a capsule. And let me tell you why we don't do that. And let me tell you why that's not a good idea. Colostrum evolved to be consumed in a very specific way. And it's consumed in that way because it's been honed over all these millions of years of evolution to be a perfectly bioavailable match for the body. So the way the nutrients go down the digestive tract and the way they get digested and broken down is is very specific for how they're optimally going to be used, utilized by the body. It's again, fit for purpose. It's meant to be ingested by mouth. One of the only substances on the planet that truly exists only as a food. It's not like a plant we turned into a food or an animal we turned into it. It just is a food and it seals the mucosal barriers. So do you want to put that powder, that colostrum powder along all of your mucosal barrier surfaces and you don't want to cover it in a capsule? 
because you want to maximize contact as it goes down to your, your digestive tract and it goes into your mouth and down your pharynx and your esophagus and comes up against those mucosal surfaces hmm. and gets to confer all those benefits. And so That's even for people who specifically have concerns related to either their oral mucosa or dental issues or like reflux, some upper, you know, upper uh, esophagus issues, I always say, don't even put the colostrum in anything. You pour it directly into your mouth and you chew it around. It kind of gets sticky and it sticks to your gums and your mucosal surfaces. And that's the good stuff. It okay, is so this could be the answer for you and your all, all up in those yeah. surfaces and, and putting those peptides around the barrier. And that's all the good stuff. So that's, that's yeah. how you want to consume it. So here's kind of a question around an extension of that, that I think of. So I've had, you know, I'm a big believer in like colonics and yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, and I've had colonics in the past where you do a, you, I, you can do like a chlorophyll flush at the end of it. Sometimes you could do a coffee yeah, enema. Coffee enema, enema yeah. like, the whole idea is that, you know, you're absorbing it in the same way, right? Just on the other end. Um, can you do a colonic with Clostrum? You can. Sure can. You yeah. sure can. Huh. And how, wow. I mean, specifically someone would do that if they have like some kind of IBS issue or like, is, is there, or you just do it? Like, why not? <laughs> yeah, there's, no, there's no, there's no harm. You could do it. Why you could do it. Why not? But certainly if there were specific um, issues related to the, to the colon, um, I think that would be, that would be a, a great um, adjunct to whatever protocol you're doing. And in that instance, it would be as part of like a water co like combination, right? It would yeah. be like some sort of a solution. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, wow. I'm sorry, now I'm just going down the rabbit hole, but could you do, could you do like a, a saline, like a nose spray? Sure can, sure mm. can. You can even apply it topically. The skin is a barrier too. Mm -hmm. actually, this is actually the most, it's probably intuitive, but I, I didn't make the connection at first. Um, there's quite a lot of data on the topical applications of colostrum because, again, it's very good at regenerating barriers like your skin and mm -hmm. protecting barriers and healing barriers. So, so and, and anti-inflammatory. So blemishes, acne, rashes, wounds, burns, cuts. Wow. I use them on my... I use the colostrum on my on my post-operative surgical wound when I had my, when I had my surgery, um, really powerful at, wow. at uh, protecting those surfaces. There's even some uh, skincare companies that have started putting it in their serums because again, it's very good at protecting from UV damage pollutants, chemicals in the environment. Uh, and, and so has, has a lot of complementary benefits uh, along any of the barrier surfaces in the body. Wow. Put it in a topical. Pro I mean, I'm sort of like digressing, but like, get, if you put it in a topical, um, and you're not heating it, how how is it staying? How are you preserving it so it doesn't spoil? I imagine it has some kind of expiration date, or yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I can't speak to what is currently on the market. I yeah. have no idea what what they do, um, and it's a little bit hard to mix. It, it would it would it would have to be very thoughtfully done. Uh, yeah. in, a, in an R&D process to, to make that. Um, but you can always, um, you know, do a homebrew version and totally, yeah. buy yourself, like, put, a little, put a little bit of the Armra in, uh, uh, in your like nighttime moisturizer or make a little mask yeah. with it. I do that all the time. I love what it. What did you say, Zoe? Did you say breast milk facial? 
I said Fred and yeah, facial. I didn't say breast milk, but that's funny. Sign me up and hands well, off my samples. I know they're sitting on your desk. No, you're not getting them back. It's a good stuff, Erica. We got to make sure to get you some too. I'm not getting them back. Um, I was taking snake oil colostrum 20 years ago. Um, all right. Well, now we've got the real deal, and I'm so excited. Yes. That I mean, I'm 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 sorry that you had to have the journey that you did to discover such a wonderful product, but I'm kind of you know happy that you did. <laughs> um, very cool. Well, congrats on on you know packaging up something so powerful and presenting it in such a thoughtful way. Thank you so much. I'm I'm really excited to introduce it to the you know to to everybody. I think it's it's such a useful tool that so many people could benefit from, and it's been. Um, Undiscovered for a while, and it's it's time for the limelight on colostrum, and yeah. it literally saved your own life. So you're just yeah. paying it forward, which is incredible. Um, how do we tell people to find it? Uh, you can find us on our website at www.tryarmra t r y a r m r a dot com, and we also have a fantastic newsletter that you can sign up for. There, we put out a lot of educational content um, on colostrum and all things health. Um, so hope your listeners enjoy. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. It was really lovely to sit down with you. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at htwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.